Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is March 11th, 2019. This week is going to be insane, right? We're all waiting to hear what's going on with um, our most beloved general, my most amazing general, General Flynn. Uh, We have a lot coming out. We're seeing the left in complete panic from the rhetoric they're pushing uh, to the news that they're digging. Uh, You know, they're trying to um, pull comments from people from years ago and trying to insert them today. And, you know, bottom line is the minute someone gives an apology, it's over. You don't need to apologize for what you said 10 years ago, let alone 20. I mean, what are we going to be doing, apologizing for things we said as kids now? I mean, (laughs) it's pretty insane what's going on. But that's because the temperature is up, their feet are right by the fire, And it's all coming down. And it is going to be amazing. After this weekend, where we're going to be drinking our green tinted beers and celebrating leprechauns and luck, we all have to admit that we're kind of lucky that we have President Trump in office. We all have to admit that. Uh, Because, you know, could it be luck on our side? No, not really. It was the first time we ever saw global prayer happening on election night. Global prayer, when has that ever happened in the history of ever? Never, never, never. So uh, people need to remember that on election day and election night, there was global prayer. Speaking of global, I wanted to say I was just advised um, that our show, um, my show and Scott Adams' show, is actually syndicated in Spain and um, Bolivia and uh, they're literally playing us on airwaves there. Um, so, hola. Um, that's great. Uh, the more voices uh, that we can put on here that are not heard, the better. This week is going to be exciting. Uh, on my second half of this hour, I'm going to have Millie Weaver from InfoWars. I'm so excited to have her on. We're going to talk more about censorship and what it's been like for InfoWars. And, um, you know, how she sees uh, this panning out. It's going to be great. Uh, Wednesday, we are having uh, Liz Crokin. On Thursday, I'm having uh, a good, deep discussion on our boys in blue, how a few bad apples are making them look bad. And then on Friday, we have Ben Garrison, our, you know, cartoon aficionado, and his wife, Tina, on. And it'll be great. Uh, You guys can call and ask questions, and they have some really cool announcement to make too. So it's pretty exciting um, for Red State. Uh, We're really excited about this. So where do we start today? I think we should continue on these false narratives and fake news things, right? Because this is 
this is how they control us, right? We've already, uh, for months now, I've been talking about how they own us. They own, and, uh, you know, I urge people to go back to my uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day uh, segments about China and about our artificial intelligence profiles because what people don't realize is everything you put on the Internet is a picture of you. The Internet, your profile, your citizen log, some people call it life log, right? Is you. And where I'm going with this is, remember, in China, right, there's complaints of, well, not complaints, it's actually being reported, but it is complaining (laughs) that they have uh, social credit scores. And, you know, you can't ride a train or ride on an airplane if, you know, you bought five video games the day before because through facial recognition and AI that they have implemented, uh, that uh, depicts how great of a person you are if you're lazy or whatnot. So what we have to realize is that everything we put out there is shaping this you on uh, a virtual level. And, you know, people don't seem to realize that the ugly things they say, the insane things they say, paint a really nasty picture of them. Uh, You know, these old school dinosaurs that are in the media don't seem to understand that. Um, But, you know, it's coming out and it's coming out with full force, too. So I was talking about how um, this representative, Native American uh, woman, which is awesome, you know, to have them in offices, uh, took a comment I made out of context to drum up some drama and make herself feel important when she wasn't. And in essence, she was victim of the same thing Ocasio is, and that's a play from other people. Um, But... Uh, I'll just leave it at that for now. You know, we know that Ocasio was elected not because people voted for her, but because Pelosi wanted her to come out and be elected because, you know, Crowley was going to take her gavel and she wanted that gavel so bad. So we have to understand that there's always people behind the scenes. These entrenched, deep state, nefarious, corrupt characters behind the scenes. And one thing they loathe is people speaking up. One thing they don't want you and I to do is open our mouth and start talking with facts. You know, it's easier to paint someone crazy like they did Laura. But in the end, you know, she was right, right? It's easy to say that, you know, things that Alex Jones said were crazy. But in the end, he's right too. You know, it's, it's always this. And Tucker Carlson has been slamming most of these people. And look at them now. They want to pull something from 10 years ago. Really, what I did 10 years ago doesn't depict me today. If you want to know who I am, you look at my friends, you listen to me, you get to know me, you read what I do. Just like Tucker said, watch my show. If there's something to disagree, why don't you hop on? I say the same thing all the time, right? This is a tactic. This is a tactic when they're losing. When someone is losing, the only thing they do, and especially when they're scared, is to smear you. Now... I wanted to draw your attention to something that I wish I was wrong about. Remember in November, I introduced the real DNC candidate, right? And I've been talking about it since then, how Yang is going to be the real DNC candidate. He's smart. He's young and smart. He's literally paying people to meme him into the White House. 
and I hate to say that I was right. I really wish I was wrong. But this is dangerous, dangerous territory. And like I said, and as I predicted, it's going to be, you know, spring, late spring that he's really going to come out. But he's coming out with full force. There's like God Emperor Yang pages. Uh, you see him everywhere. Um, you know, and they're pandering to uh, President Trump supporters on how, well, he'll give you everything you want plus $1,000, which is insane if anyone believes that. But this is full-out Orwellian warfare on people, using our social media platforms, using our access to the mainstream media to control a narrative. And, you know, you only have to see that this is true from the information they omit, right? It's all about the omissions. What are they not reporting on? That's where the news is. What is really happening in our nation that people are not reporting on? This is where it's important. For example, a lot of people know that I've been uh, working on the down low for many years on these organized child and human trafficking rings. And kind of like, put it this way, all of you know that Laura Loomer started her career with Project Veritas. No one heard of Laura Loomer at all because that's the point. You don't want to be known as an operative of collecting information because then you'll be recognized. Once you're recognized, you can't go incognito again. I mean, people have to live under a rock to not recognize Laura's face, right? Same goes for every single other investigator. At some point, they come out with their own bylines, with their own face, with their own voice, with their own video, because it's done. Their cover has been blown, right? Done. You can't do operative things anymore. What you can do is, you know, document mining using the abilities to the extent you have and um, make sure you have eyes and ears in places that report back to you. And that's what good investigative journalists do. Why am I saying this? I want to point out an example. So as I've been saying, I've been focused on these investigations. And one thing that's going to be coming to light is just how witnesses and people that have been working on these massive organizations within our nation that are bringing in refugees and children or trafficking children because now they diddle in foster care operate. I was working closely with a guy that used to be a sheriff in the state of North Dakota and, and um, you know, he left and went to Texas. Um, he was really good at figuring out these trafficking rings. Guy's 45 years old, right? Great guy, great wealth of information, directed me really, really well in how to mine the data. And, you know, if he had any leads or knew anything, he would give them to me, uh, you know, to, to see how it would go. Or I would give him more information, especially when they're trafficking these Native American women and children through our border. Because, like President Trump said, it's not that we're building the wall to keep just the immigrants out, the illegal immigrants, this flood, this invasion. It's to keep out the bad people. But it's also to make sure that the people in the United States, like these Native American women and children, are not trafficked across our border. Because it's not like all of them are trafficked within the United States. We've got high bidders outside of the United States. And they then they smuggle them across the border to Mexico and then send them out. I mean, most kids that are kidnapped are not within the United States. They send them out. They go to South America, Africa, Asia. They ship them out, guys. And this is why it's important that we have this wall. So... The sheriff guy, which is which then became a supervisory marshal in Texas, um, he died just a few weeks ago. 
45 years old from a sudden heart attack. I mean, this can't be all coincidence, can it? And all these people dying is not a coincidence. You know, a lot of people, I get tons of messages from people, keep your head on a swivel. Well, like I've said before, I'm willing to go down in flames. And one thing's for sure, that when you're as visible as, as you are, the more visible you are, the more people listen, the more people will ask questions. So if anything was to happen to someone, they ask questions, kind of like Barlow. EFF, so the Electronic Frontier Foundation, right? I've been working with them a lot. They gave me a lot of help, and, um, uh, you know, they were of great assistance when I was trying to get these memorandums of understanding the states have uh, with the FBI, covert um, divisions of the FBI, uh, to create uh, this um, citizen log. And, um, you know, people don't seem to understand that when you drop information, heavy information, kind of like I did, and then I was banned, like memorandums of understandings that you've sourced correctly and legally, you know, they want to silence you. This marshal, U.S. marshal in Texas, died of a heart attack at 45, a fit dude, right? This guy was fit of a heart attack. You know, my, one of my prime witnesses executed by a police officer and cleared. Executed, like you guys have to see this video. You guys need to um, go to DuckDuckGo and put Danny Fuller, um, Devil's Lake, or you can find the Justice for Danny Fuller, Devil's Lake page on Facebook and look at the video from the dash cam. The kid was unarmed. He was off his face. His blood count, you know, alcohol blood count was like he couldn't even stand properly. And they shot him close range in the back of the head executed executed so this isn't this isn't any you know fun game guys this is real stuff and they're in full panic mode because it's about to pop and it's been popping lightly under the radar but people are nervous they are very nervous and they should be nervous because there's a lot of people like you and I out there that are doing the work, that are doing the legwork and putting the connections. Because, you know, when you can't, it's irrefutable. How many times is something a coincidence, you guys? Just how many times it is, is it a coincidence? Oh, it's just a coincidence. Really? How many times do we have to see something happen? To say, what is it, three times, four times, maybe ten times that it happens, and then we're like, oh, maybe it's not? How many times? And this is nationwide, right? Nationwide, globally, actually. And you know, there are a lot of people that are protected. It can't be eliminated easily. A lot of people still under shrouds of cloaks, so they can't be seen. Some people brave enough to come out and speak. Silenced, Right? Liz Crokin came out, silenced. Infowars, silenced. Loomer, silenced. Guinness, silenced. Milo, silenced. How many people do we have to see in a pattern to be silenced? Roseanne, silenced. And you know, Roseanne Barr made the error of apologizing, and the bottom line is she was right. Valerie Jarrett lives with Barack Obama. She's his handler. Silenced. Joan Rivers, silenced. How many people do we have to put on a list to show that there's a pattern here? How many people? Because nobody, nobody is off limits to them. 
And you know, voluntarily, they can find all the information they want. Voluntarily, because we provide it through social media, through Twitter, through Facebook, through Instagram, through YouTube, through email, Gmail. I mean, come on. We're giving it. They know. They know just how many of us there are, and they're just plucking the people that are really, really important and putting a big, big, big X, and they're making examples of them. You speak. This is what happens to you. You do. This is what happens to you. You, you, you raise your voice. This is what happens to you. They use fear because fear conditions people. It's kind of like wanting to eat. This is, they've trained you know, animals to know that if they step this way to eat something, they'll be electrocuted. So they won't step on it. They'll go somewhere else. It's training you through fear. 9-11, they trained you through fear to forfeit your rights. This is a big deal, guys. And you know, what's funny is, is that a lot of people are like, well, the CIA, you know, Larry Clayman had filed that case against um, President Obama. It's Clayman versus Obama. And I'm pretty shocked that, um, you know, it hasn't, you know, wasn't successful later on. And I think that needs to be revisited. But the judge pretty much said that this was just atrocious. At first instance, when he won the first level of it, you know, this is mass surveillance. And if people think that our CIA is responsible. They have to understand that where is all their data housed? It's not even owned by the CIA anymore. It's in Amazon clouds. Who has access to everything? Social media giants. These people need to be regulated because they are the CIA. It's kind of like Medicare. I'll, I'll give it with that example. So if you have Medicare and you're over 65, they're obliged to pay 80% of your health care, right? And you're responsible for 20. You have someone to hold accountable. That's the federal government. Well, with Obamacare, now you don't have original Medicare. You get a carry contract. That's what they're called. So you work with people like Anthem, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, uh, you, you, you know, United Health, Kaiser, all of them. All of them carry contracts. And so then you have a complaint about the type of service or that they're not covering your medication or you can't access your doctor. And, you know, you complain and they're just like, well, oh, well, we're a private company. So then you go back to Medicare and say, well, you know, they're not doing it. And they're like, well, they're a private company. They've washed their hand of any responsibility as the federal government, right, to you because it's now in the hands of a private company. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So when, F, when, when Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all these uh, social media platforms forfeit your privacy and sell your information and give it out there for people to use and manipulate or use against you, etc., because all of you have dossiers, right? This is the whole purpose of the citizen log, life log, Facebook log, whatever you want to call it. I know that it's called citizen log because that was the code name um, that I discovered through the Electronic Frontier Foundation uh, when I was trying to source out these memorandums of understanding within 14 states that have them. And there's an article on big league politics. I'll uh, find it during the break and retweet it. Really old one of mine, and I'll add the editor-in-chief there, Patrick Howley, who did the first one. Uh, he did it under his byline where it exposes Obama's spygate. This was the first step of me putting this out there. It is important for people to read those and understand just how of a deep dive this is, just how incredible this is. And in the article, 
I even mentioned, and this is where it's going to really freak you out. You're just going to see just what tools all of us are and how we just accept things. So in 2013, I found the memorandum of understanding for my state, right? And it was signed at a certain date. You'll see that the guy who ran the show, the guy whose signature is on this facial recognition collection thing, there's a video where he was on 60 Minutes and he was telling 60 Minutes, no, we don't collect pictures. We don't get information from states and collect pictures. There's no such thing as FBI face services. Yet he, this video came out days after he signed a memorandum of understanding with the state of North Dakota that said that we will be exchanging information and you're going to give us pictures. And we'll give you access to FBI servers. It's a deal. We don't pay you for it, but we'll give you access so you can access it. What does that tell you? You need to read those two articles. I'll retweet them because this is where it's coming down to. And these, these are things that I've been talking about since last year in the late spring. I've been looking into this for a very long time because it's through these memorandums of understanding that these organized criminal organizations have put together right against the people they've done this this is incredible you guys they are collecting everything we own virtually our voices our faces our emotions our responses our likes our thoughts our views everything into one neat package and the reason isn't one would say minority report. It's to predict crimes and arrest you before you do them, right? Actually, it's to shut you up. It's about censorship. Because if they know what you like, they know who you love, they know where you work, they know where, where your job is, where you go get your coffee, where you eat, where you shop, you know, everything about you. They know everything. It's a lot easier to take you out and shut you up when they know you. This is the true face of Spygate. And, you know, a lot of people talk about, well, Spygate was all about, you know, President Trump. Yeah, it started in 2015 when they knew he was coming. They had already started digging on him when they thought he was running in 2012. There have been so many people from the beginning. So many people on the sidelines waiting for the opportunity to expose the perverse the perversion on our justice, on our privacy. Like what happened to the U.S. Constitution? What happened to our first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth? All of our amendments are being violated on a daily basis and we are attacked by those that we have given power to. What is that saying? You know, Christians use, you know, when they exercise demons, they ask the demon to call his, to say his name. Because only when you know how to name your demon can you expel it. This is what we need to start doing, is calling these demons out. Because once you call them out, they have lost the power of the anonymity, and you can expose them. The monopolies. We saw what happened to CRTV. I mean, the blaze just came up. DirecTV, AT&T, HBO, Disney, Time Warner, all becoming one. Cricket is part of AT&T. 
you know, Verizon Total Wireless. They're buying them all out. It's all about monopolies. It's in the control of few. When will people see it? Hospital organizations all, you know, collecting under one umbrella. The Mayo, oh, we partner with the Mayo. They're part of the Mayo. And not saying that they're doing bad things, right? I want you guys to see a pattern of how socialism evolves right under your nose when you're not paying attention. We need to understand what's really at hand here. Our liberty violated. Our rights as human beings violated. Innocent children do not have rights anymore. They are lower than dogs and cats right now. You cannot kill a newborn dog without going to jail. You cannot kill a newborn cat without going to jail. And like I said in Florida, you cannot mercy kill or speed up the death of a shark because you'll go to jail. But apparently, a child that is born into this world that has succeeded in overcoming death and has fought to take that breath can be killed. We need to understand that this war is happening, and it's been happening. It's just very civilized. There's a really old article that I wrote a few years ago on Medium called Our Civilized Civil War. And you know, it's, 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 it's actually not equal. The people fighting for liberty are way greater in numbers than the people fighting against it. It's just that we have this illusion that we're not many. The media collude all the time against the people. Your local media, your national media, your global media, they're all in on it because they're owned by what? These few companies, these monopolies. All you have to do is pay attention. Why people like me who are ghosts come out of nowhere? Because it's time. (laughs) Why ghosts like you come out of nowhere? Because it's time. I'll see you all in a few. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978.
Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of the Tori Sess Show. I'm your host, Tori. Remember, you can always follow me on Gab and Twitter at Tori underscore says. That's T-O-R-E underscore says. So I already tweeted out on Twitter, um, but if you want to, you can just go to Big League Politics and, uh, or you know, or DuckDuckGo and just say Big League Politics. Government documents Obama FBA took personal info from citizens of 14 states and exposed it to Russia. Now, the reason I put it that way was because I wanted to show just how nefarious these actions are and what they've been doing working against us. And obviously I've um, put information from the GAO, the analysis, and some information uh, from the EFF that was pointing this out. Um, Big League Politics also in there, there's a link uh, to the other article that I was talking about that Patrick Howley put under his. This is from nine months ago um, that I had him put in his byline. I wasn't ready to go out. And Patrick is a genius, you guys. I, I love him. He's um, incredibly smart. Um, you know, and he put it down there and – all you have to do is read that article. I have the actual documents, and when you see it, you'll be surprised. But what I'm going to do now is play for you how um, the FBI lied about Facebook. Hold on. Let me – and this is – this is what he was saying on 60 Minutes just a couple days after he signed this memorandum of understanding. I want you guys to listen. This guy's name, David Cuthbertson, is on the document signed, this memorandum of understanding of sharing your information. And if you read it, it's not what he says. Just take a listen. The only photographs we maintain in the database are those photographs which are gained at the point of arrest. So that individual knows they're being photographed when they're arrested. That photograph is part of the arrest record, a normal criminal justice record that is stored here and then shared appropriately. So mugshots. Yes. DMV records, driver's license records. Facebook, Google, LinkedIn, any of the sites that, that have pictures. No. But do you see a scenario 
not now, it's clear you can't do it now or you wouldn't do it now, in the future, where you could begin to store Facebook pictures. No, I can never envision that for our system. Is the reason because these other photos are unreliable, or is there a civil liberties reason? I think there's certainly a civil liberties reason that we don't do that. We can't assume that just because you have an account here or there that you've consented to relinquishing your privacy rights. We have to protect everyone's privacy rights equally. You know, but if you're just out there on Facebook saying, here I am and here's who I am, what are you actually protecting by telling me that you won't go to Facebook in pursuit of of a criminal? Well, for our system, we're protecting the integrity of the system, that we know so who is So it's not in. civil liberties in that case. In that case, it's you, are not, you can't absolutely verify the identity. Absolutely not. If you were just to take a photograph you got off the Internet anywhere, I don't know who that is. Could a local agency send you what, what you might call a dragnet picture from a, like, like a sports event or an airport? Uh, could they just send you a bunch of pictures and say, is anybody in your system in this picture? We would have to see the exact investigative need they were trying to accomplish. Did, did they believe that terrorist was in that photograph? Is, is, is a, one of those people suspected of being that terrorist? That would be an appropriate use. But just sending photographs of folks that happen to be sitting in a particular area, that's not an appropriate use because you have no suspicion regarding any of those people. Under what circumstances would you do facial recognition in a political rally? Let's say you had a person who was suspected, uh, you're looking for a person who might cause harm to the person who's giving, who's speaking at that rally. Mm-hmm. So okay. you, you would have a suspect or someone you're looking for who is suspected of perhaps causing harm to a political candidate. I guess the worry is that, that it goes back to the question of the slippery slope. Will the government be spying on us in that way? We conduct our investigations and our activities under long-standing rules and regulations, starting first with the Constitution, then the Attorney General guidelines. All right, guys. So um, that's the interview. I am going to um, – I mean, it's in my article, um, under the article that um, obviously Patrick – Holly wrote um, where I uh, provided the memorandum of understanding. You can go into YouTube and uh, search CBS News, Facebook, and the FBI. Now, this guy talking, his name is David Cuthbertson. David Cuthbertson, if you do a little bit of digging, you'll see he puts out a lot of requests for proposals for the FBI, and he's still around from what I gather, but he's in the shadows, okay? And so people that work behind the scenes – little ghosts right um there's good ones and bad ones it takes a lot for someone to come out into the light like i've said before it takes a lot because you've got to be brave because you know that the good and the bad see you now that you're going public and the bad ones don't like that because that means that you know you're giving encouragement to other ones to come out too but we've seen a lot of that coming out, right? A lot of people still under the cloak of uh, anonymity and anons. It's all coming forward because the more vocal we are, the more we cut through this bias, this silencing. You know, they can paint us crazy. But you're not crazy if you're talking facts. So what they try to do is silence you. Because if they silence you, then, you know, they've pulled your tongue out and no one can listen. But how... 
can they really silence us in 2019? Not that easy. So Cuthbertson puts out a lot of RFPs for, let's see, there's a lot of them. There's some that he's put out for collecting uh, biometric data from private institutions. So like when you went to a company, you know, some companies um, will uh, take uh, iris scans, fingerprints, and they collect that and put it in their database. But what you heard him say is that they don't collect driver's license photos, Facebook photos, which is a lie because if you actually read the memorandum of understanding, it talks about driver's license photos. And they actually give that. And, you know, Facebook, we know they give that. And you know what's funny? He's like, no, 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 we'd never do it. Yet, you remember when they found that passport? Isn't it always the case that when there's um, kind of like even when the plane flew into the towers, you know, the whole building came down, people died, but they found an, a passport of one of the people, right? In all that rubble, they found a passport. Kind of like in, in Belgium, France, wherever there are attacks, you know, they always seem to find these passports. Oh, look, that's the, that's the perpetrator's passport. It's like, when is it enough for not being a coincidence? And then when they want to ID people, you know, they were so proud of it. I mean, there's stories out there. FBI helps ID bombers or shooters or knife, knifers in Europe. So what are you saying? That we have a database that we share with the European Union so that they can find their criminals? Why do we have faces of criminals in Europe in our database? Wake up, people. Wake up. They tell us this stuff, and we're not paying attention. We're not asking the questions we should be asking. And I revert back to, you know, to a conversation that we've had on air, me and you, right? Where it's like, pay attention how John Brennan left the government for a two-year hiatus and went to Luxembourg to create an independent global spy agency called Security Group. They are the ones that house all of the data for Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. They create it. Pay attention. The articles are out there. They're telling you. They're like laughing at us. They're saying, yeah, you know, we helped catch this bomber with our facial recognition program. Like, Google it. Duck, duck, go it. They were so proud of it. And no one stopped to say, well, hold on a second. Why do we have their faces in our database? I mean, what? Like, why do we, how do you, how does your database, which only has mugshots according to what you're saying, recognize terrorists in, in, in Belgium or, or London or, or Germany. I'm sorry. Why is no one asking that question? Because everyone's asleep. Everyone is sleepwalking. They're too busy fussing with curtains and, and tiles and bowing down and recycling the same clowns into office to pay attention. You're not asking the right questions. I mean, no one says, hmm. No one says, hmm. Kind of like I said with the Twitter interview with Rogan. No one said, hmm, what does she mean by we probed everything on Jacob Wall to put the connection? So you mean you jumped into your cash app, which has his banking information that might have been linked in some way with another account? Did you go through his purchases with Square App when he buys his coffee? Like what avenues did you use to determine all aspects of Jacob Wall? That is a question no one's asking. 
people need to start asking the right questions. And again, this collection of data, you know how you hear the lady on 60 Minutes going, well, what is this for? Like, is it like to, 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 to deter, like, you know, uh, like for a political candidate? Oh, yeah, you know, if we think, you know, that we can find them. And this is a hint. No, this is like, this is the part where, you know, Minority Report kicks in, right? It's like, we're going to be preemptive about crimes. But that's not the ultimate goal. I mean, there's an Israeli company right now that has a facial recognition program. Go ahead and search it. Like I've said before, search the stuff I talk about. Because obviously I'm talking, so I can't show it to you. And, you know, I, I, I'm telling you what the facts are. And you can go find them. But there's an Israeli company that runs your face through their database. And it gives a percentage of how likely you are to be a terrorist. Like, how insane is that? This Cuthbertson guy has been collecting biometrics like nobody's business since 2000. Like, guys, this has been, like, this has been a longstanding concern. Longstanding concern. And it's really funny because we have all this and our deep state didn't seem to see that, you know, Ilhan Omar is possibly connected with al-Shabaab terrorists. That she, she didn't fit the requirements for a refugee like Larry Clayman did file. She didn't. Because she was already in Kenya living a hap- living hap- uh, happy life away from Somalia. So then why after four years did she apply to the U.S.? Suddenly Kenya wanted to kick her out? No. How did she come? This is all documented. Where is it? Where is it? I mean, I could tell you for a fact that a lot of people that work in the shadows are eliminated, eradicated from the system. Ev- like every single trace of them is eradicated. Why? For security reasons. Because remember, what was it about? It's not about being made, kind of like, you know, how Laura Loomer decided I'm going public because she was made as an operative for Project Veritas. She took it, she took it up a notch. Kind of like a lot of people just came out of the woodwork and they were like, well, where did this person come from? They've been there all the time. You just haven't seen them. But the thing is, we don't uncover, right? The, you can't find the method because if, if there's a trace of anyone who's been getting information and doing things, right? Then they learn the methods of the deep state. So, you know, delete, 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 erase, 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 erase. The click of the button, anyone can make you disappear. Erase your name, erase your everything that's online, and if there's no paper record, tough luck, right? That's the way it goes. I mean, I've explained to all of you how it was like, torment for me when you know some illegal immigrants were selling my social security number and they changed my name while I was overseas they changed the spelling of it and I couldn't even change it like I went to New York to get a copy of my birth certificate and unfortunately all my federal identification had already been changed because they had changed it in social security so I couldn't even get that one tangible copy it was so hard I waited so long like my mother had to come it was just incredible you guys this stuff is real. They can change things. They can slot things in. They can erase things. Why, why, why? Because they control the narrative. And when they're censoring you, it's because they know you. And they, and they have control over you. If they don't like you, they can erase you. You wake up one morning, just like in those movies, where they're just like, you know, there's this wife slotted in, and they're like, who, who are you? I'm your wife, honey. Look, our pictures and all this. And you're like, really? Um, so I remember being this guy. Oh, you're crazy. Let's go to the doctor. Here's some medicine. They can actually do that stuff. People think it's crazy, but, <laughs> like, that's legit. I mean, it is legit. 
Imagine you're going down there and you're like, look, this is me. Uh, I need a copy of this. Yeah, but you don't have identification. Yeah, because it was changed, so I was a victim. I need you to help me with this. Yeah, but we can't do that because this. Like, my father's passed away. What if my mother wasn't around? I'd be, I'd be done for. I would be responsible for prostate surgery in New Mexico, and I'm a woman. This is the type of stuff that happens. They alter everything. They alter anything. And they fix it. And this is because you provide that information. They take that information from you and they mold it just the way they want. But like I said, it's not about profiling you for crimes. I mean, that's a small fraction of it, right? It's profiling you for being a political opponent. And that's the main goal here, to shut you up, to censor you. They're really bold too. I mean, you know what I found astounding? You know, a lot of people are like... So when Laura Loomer was banned from PayPal, I told her that was going to happen way in advance. She was using Teespring selling her T-shirts, right? Which, by the way, I just got my T-shirt in the mail, the hashtag Loomer's Army. Thank you so much, Loomer, uh, Laura Loomer Fan Club. I appreciate it. Um, but she was selling T-shirts through Teespring, and they sent her a letter saying, well, PayPal's not going to do business with us if we don't drop you as a client, so... And I'm thinking, is that even legal? Is that like not blackmail? Like this is super weird, right? But they're saying, well, if you don't get rid of her because she's not part of, you know, what we stand for, then you're not part of what we stand for. So that's super blackmail, like right there. I'm thinking, why hasn't any attorney taken that and run with it to say, well, 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 hold on a second. It's like, we're not her friends, so you can't be hers. It's like, come on. This is the United States of America. This isn't the USSR. This isn't China. This isn't Venezuela. This isn't the Congo. Congo, by the way, is going to be on the radar. We're going to have a lot of Africa stuff coming up in the summer. Just keep that in mind. And just keep that in mind. So it's not. So again, how is this okay? When does it stop? When they starve you out, because that's what they're doing to her. I mean, I was on, I'm, I'm on the receiving end on that. Thank God. Thank God that my prayers are being heard. And thank God for all of you that pray for me. Thank you. Prayer makes a difference. Prayer got our president elected. We need to keep praying every single day, guys. Because this is a huge war. Just that simple thing. Like, think about it. Just take a moment and think about it. Pelosi has clout in PayPal. She gets her ban because she can. PayPal can do whatever they want, but they're a banking institution, but they're really not. They're based out of Ireland now. I'm just saying. Half of their, you know, employees don't even speak English. <laughs> but think about it. They now can go to companies that work with you and say, if you do business with this person, we're not going to let you use our platform for money. How... I mean, it's on her Instagram. She got that mailing from Teespring. Why is anyone using Teespring then that's a conservative? This is where all of you should be rising up, but everyone's a liar and a clown. You see all these people, conservative, BS conservatives. Where is your putting your mouth where your, your money where your mouth is? You're so against censorship, but yet you're working with them. How does that work? 
It's convenient for you because it funds whatever you're doing. Your, um, you know, your blog, your, your radio show, your podcast, your Twitter account, whatever it is, making you feel like a big bad man. Nobody cares about followers. Nobody cares about your page. People care about the news. And I understand that it costs money because I'm out of pocket paying for my website and, you know, doing it. But, you know, (laughs) it is what it is. You're either doing it for the right reason or you're not. That's the way it goes. I understand we need money, but when you see that the company that you are using is going against the values that you supposedly stand for, how do you still use them? How do you still use them? Why are you making them rich? Find another company that does the same thing. The problem these days is that people don't run for office. People don't take action. And we're allowing them to censor us with the information that we voluntarily provided because we were conditioned by fear. How many people have to be eradicated for you to see what's really going on? How many people have to speak up and then get silenced before you see. Because by the time you start seeing, it's already too late. See, Alex Jones was talking about this before it hit him. But, you know, he's Alex Jones. He's loud. He's like, you know, hyper. You know, he's always in your face. You know, I love that about him. And like I said, everyone, like even Mike Cernovich, I love it about him. He's so so funny. You know, when he's like, well, I do it the best. You know, and people are like, oh my gosh, you're so vain. And it's like, but it's funny. I don't agree with everything anyone says. That's insane. That doesn't make it good. Good relationships are the ones that push back. That, you know, questioning, that put your feet to the fire and ask you questions. Because it's through questions and debate that we get answers. But he was talking about it, guys. He was. He was talking about it years ago. I heard him the first time talking about censorship. Believe it or not, I was in an armpit of the world and I was listening to George Norrie on Coast to Coast AM. <laughs> like one of the most globally syndicated shows on the planet, right? Talking about aliens. Totally my forte. I've, I've been totally upfront with the I'm a sci-fi buff, right? So that's where I heard him. You know, soon they're just going to be monitoring everything and they're going to be taking it and they're going to be silencing us. And, you know, people like you and me are going to be the first to go. You know, George Norrie hasn't been silenced because all he talks about is aliens. The minute he starts talking about censorship, the minute he starts talking about facts, you know, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, GAO, GSA, FBI, face, face services, FBI face services, the LifeLog, CitizenLog, Facebook, blockchain technology, he's going to be shut down too. That's the way it goes. They pluck the ones that have, you know, a voice. They pluck them out. Nope, nope, nope. And like Laura Loomer and like Gavin McGinnis said, like many people have said before, you can take me off your platform, but I'm going to be trending on your platform because people want to hear me. But it's about time that people realize that this isn't just a game. Like, haha, we win. We were bold or this. It's not a game because these are real people that are putting their lives on their line. Think about how Laura was relying on your support to do investigations. Now you can't send her that $5 for a coffee or you know what? Here's a hundred bucks. Thanks man for doing that. I know flights cost money. She can't get that anymore. They're taking her off everywhere. When do we do something? You see what I'm saying? This is where we need to come forward and do something. We need to organize. The more we're united, they can't break us. We need to come together. 
We, you know, there's no color, there's no race, there's no religion. It's coming together. Like I played on my show on Friday, that woman was a Palestinian woman calling Ilhan Omar out for atrocious crimes. She didn't see allegiance in color or religion. She saw allegiance with morality and what's right. It's really important that all of us understand just how important it is to come together. It's important for us to see how important it is to stand clustered, binding, because they can't bend us or break us. It's very important. You know, it's all, it's fun. You know, I love to see the left squirm. I love to see the left cannibalize itself too. But I'm also seeing that we are too. We've got the fake patriots. We've got the sellouts. And we've got the plants. It's pretty interesting that in a country like ours, that is ultimate surveillance, ultimate surveillance, that people are so complacent with the way it's going, that they've lost the ability to rise up. You know, we're all pointing out our opinions, and it's great. Flood social media with your opinion. That's what we need to be doing. Flood it, flood it, flood it. But we also need to unite. We all need to use each other's platforms unified to speak. It's not about who gets the first click. It's not about who gets the first say. When are people going to realize it? It's about being united and having one loud voice. People trying to take down movements, you know, uh, so we have, you know, uh, these types of patriots that follow these news stations. You know, like Fox was like issuing apologies for what Judge Janine said. Come on, guys. You didn't know? Like, look what they did to England with Sky News. Come on. Come on. We are the news now. We are the news. The people that nobody wants on air are the news because we don't take orders. We take facts and we put them out. We are the news. You are the news. They are not the news. The sooner people see it, the faster we can unite. And all of us should be using each other's platforms. We should be propping each other up since we all have the same goal. To say no to infanticide, no to censorship, no to anti-Americanism, no to illegal immigration, no to the new world order, no to globalism, no to the deep state. No, 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 no. This is the only way we overcome censorship. So, wow, that hour went really quick. I have Millie Weaver coming on in the next half hour. Um, She's going to be on. Uh, Please stay tuned. I will see you guys after this um, short break by Red State Talk Radio. Um, And we'll continue this conversation and find out from InfoWars side how it's been for them on the receiving end. See you all in a few.
Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Remember, you can always follow me on Gab and Twitter at Tori underscore says. And you can always find me here on Red State Talk Radio, 12 to 2 Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. So I'm really, really excited for my next um, guest that I have here. Um, I absolutely love her. Um, I love the way she asks questions. And she's so cute. You know, she is like, you know, one of those missiles in disguise and uh her interview with brian stentler was amazing um she has just done amazing things and i love it when i see her boots on the ground for Infowars. um millie weaver i am so happy you're here with me on the tory says show uh i'm pretty sure everyone is excited as well as i am uh remember guys you can always phone in at 215 top talk 215-867-8255 if you have any questions for Millie. Now, Millie, welcome to the Tory Sess Show. I'm so excited you're here. How are you? Thank you so much for having me, Tori. I'm really happy to be on. I really like what you guys have been doing here at Red State Radio. Um, I know myself and my husband like to listen to you guys often. Well, um, tell everyone where they can find you. And, um, you know, obviously I've been talking about censorship. I've been talking about how, you know, our, um, you know, social media is pretty much the one collecting all our information. And their goal is not so much to, you know, monetize, sorry, on it by ads and stuff, but it's actually their goal to censor, censor the real threats, the ones that have impressions. So I want us to talk about that, but I want everyone to know where they can find you, where they can follow you, where they can see you. Okay, so you can find me on Millennial Millie on YouTube. So that's where you're going to be able to find most of my reports and my video content. And then you can also follow me at Millie underscore Weaver on Twitter. And that's just for my tweets and my updates. And sometimes I'll tweet out my video content. But really, the scary thing here is that I'm actually one of the few InfoWars reporters that still has social media accounts. Most of all of our other reporters or InfoWars channels have been purged from social media in this big censorship push where we're seeing these grassroots conservatives be systematically purged from Twitter. And, you know, I might have a little bit of an interesting take on this whole situation compared to what other people might have. And I want to kind of break into that a little bit slowly here. But one of the things I find odd is that we still see establishment conservatives allowed to be on Twitter and these social media platforms. And they don't seem to be experiencing the same level of banning and censorship as do the conservatives like Laura Loomer, 
and Alex Jones and many others who have been banned. And they actually represent the grassroots conservative blue collar workers of America. So we have to look at the Republican elite establishment that we stole. We, the American people, fly over America. The blue collar workers of America stole the Republican ticket by electing President Trump from the establishment elite Republican donors who could care less about the um, the blue collar America, uh, essentially their um, wants and needs. They care about what they want. You yeah, know, yeah, it's- no, I agree a hundred percent because they are establishment, and you know, for some reason, people think that there's two parties. There's only the real two parties are pro America and anti America, and anti America are all riddled with interests. I mean, you know, for you to still be on the platform, you know, I kind of give it to the fact that you're you're so adorable, like you're 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 incredible in the way and the and, and the way you report, the way you get things done, and um, you know. You're you're pretty much yeah one of the last voices of Infowars. That's pretty incredible. I mean, how are you guys handling that? I mean, I'm I'm shocked that this has happened. You know, it's a big responsibility because you know right now we are one of the ways that we can get out messages if Alex is doing an emergency broadcast to social media followers. And you know, I did see a big spike and in increase in subscribers to my platform ever since Alex's platform. And InfoWars' platforms were essentially banned and deleted. So it's like people are looking to me now to kind of convey messages to them from Alex because he has just been walled up and censored. And it's really not right that social media companies have this much power and that they aren't. I mean, there's this huge dilemma. Like, do we regulate these social media companies or do we not? You know, there's a large portion of people on the right that say, you know, we shouldn't because it's a private business. They should be able to do whatever they want. But at the same time, you know, we're moving into this era where everything is done on the internet and in some type of virtual reality. And if this is where the public conversations are taking place, this is where our president and our politicians are speaking to the American people on places like Twitter. Is it really right to be banning American citizens from that platform? when those platforms largely influence our election outcomes. I mean, we're talking about they, they went on and wanted to investigate these social media companies on foreign interference for the 2016 election cycle. So they acknowledge that social media plays a huge role in our election outcomes, but yet you're going to allow for systematic banning and silencing of voices predominantly voices on the conservative side yeah that's going to have an influence on our life no you're right and they need to be regulated kind of like you know earlier in my show i was talking about how what's going on in social media believe it or not it's reflective of most federal um you know controlled programs like i was comparing medicare how now our older people don't have anywhere to complain when their carry contracts, thanks to Obamacare, are done with private companies. They're like, well, they're a private company, so they have other agreement. And it's like, but I've been paying it into Medicare and Social Security all my life. What do you mean? You're just telling
telling me they're private now. I, I mean, it's, there's a simile there, and we're seeing it as a trend that our government has like forfeited their responsibility to regulate things in the name of privacy, but are they really private, right? Because, you know, we just had that crazy guy, Eugene Wu, who knowingly, Twitter knows that he had another account pretending to be a girlfriend, right, on Twitter, and that's well-established, took our president to court so that he can uh, be unblocked. So they've recognized, the courts have recognized that this is a public forum, and like you said, they're banning voices they don't like in the name of hate, and the hate is their eyes, right? They could say that it's hateful for a wall, and you're like, well, why is it hateful? It's not just people coming in, it's who they're smuggling out. And, you know, I mean, how do you guys address that? I mean, InfoWars has been under attack. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan for years, but like, how are they dealing with this attack? Like every single platform. Well, you know, Infowars and Alex Jones weren't banned because of hate speech. Um, we were banned. So Jack Dorsey says, and many of these others say, because we violated certain rules and guidelines and got strikes, you know, they got us on little technicalities. It wasn't like we were some massive perpetrators of hate speech. Anyway, Hate speech, we know, is subjective. You can't define it. It's not regulated. There's no law in America that bans hate speech. So these companies essentially are creating their own rules based on their own bias. And that's when we get into this whole liability issue and why we've had these congressional hearings where our politicians are trying to pin down with these big tech CEOs their standpoint, what they're going to say they they are, what do they qualify as? And many of them want to straddle between being a neutral public forum or a private company that's expressing their own political opinion. You see, they want to be able to say, oh, we can enforce hate speech, which is their own political opinion, right? But then they want to say they're a neutral public forum so that they can qualify for the Section 230 of the Communication Decency Act, which gives them protections so that they can't be sued for things like slander and defamation for posts made by people, uh, third parties, essentially, on their platform. So the big thing here would be if the government formally acknowledges that these companies are actually acting as private companies, you know, exercising their own publishing rights and rights to discriminate then at the same point these companies could be sued in the same way cnn right now is being sued by the covington high school catholic kid for 250 million dollars for slander and defamation right so So they're they're trying to say we're not publishers but they're acting like publishers that's basically what they're doing because like i said i know infowars didn't engage in hate speech like many of us that have been banned Uh, comments like abortion is murder is considered hate speech learn to code is considered hate speech you know they're creating their own rules as they go pretending they're not publishers yet they're acting like publishers so how are you getting immunity from not being a publisher if you're acting like a publisher right it's so insane And that's it. See, they want to try to claim this immunity under Section 230 of the Communication Decency Act so that they don't have to have the liability and get sued in court for allowing biased um, articles and content and silencing certain people. Like, for example, you can go on YouTube and you can type in Alex Jones. And what you will now find are tons of hit pieces 
from leftist news outlets like CNN or NBC, all doing their smear campaigns on Alex Jones. Now, the problem with that is that now Alex Jones's channels and videos have all been deleted and vanished so that he could have a voice to defend himself. And now, because YouTube is not allowing him to defend himself or to have a voice in that neutral public forum, they're actually engaging in what I believe is slander and defamation and libelous because they're allowing all these other videos to generate millions and millions of views affecting Americans' mindsets about Alex Jones without there being a way for him to defend himself or to rebuke that. Well, that's the way they work, though. It's like the, what is it, the the schmear and block, the block and schmear, right? When someone wants to um, harass you, what they do is they they block you and then they talk about you so you can't see it. And actually, uh, um, uh, a reporter friend of mine at a Fox affiliate was um, victim of that last week by a Democrat representative of a local lawmaker. Uh, She blocked him and then she started talking about him on her forum. And her forum is pretty big. You know, and and that's a strategy they do. They silence you so you can't come out and say something. You can't defend yourself. And, you know, they're knocking people off of every single platform. Like I was talking about Teespring and Laura Loomer. You saw that, right? They ban her from PayPal, but then PayPal sends an email to Teespring saying, hey, if you're doing business with her, we're not going to do business with you. I mean, isn't that blackmail in a way? it's it's scary i know i've seen laura loomer post about being banned from uber and just all of these general companies that really don't have anything to do with offering a platform for speech but nonetheless because of things she said on various social media platforms now she's going to be being banned from all these other paypal uber all these companies that really have nothing to do with speech it's disturbing at what point are people going to be just banned from society in general. It's, it reminds me of what we've been seeing in China with the social credit score systems. I mean, are we seeing a soft version of that rolling in in America? And instead of government enforcement, are we going to be seeing some corporate monopoly enforcement happening where all of a sudden all these globalist corporations just have people on blacklists and you're no longer allowed to use any of their businesses, can't even go you know, to their fast food restaurants if you wanted to. I, I probably you couldn't pay me to go to them but what level of banning should we expect you know and the other thing that we have to think about here is we have protected persons constitutionally we have protections for your your race your sex your religion we do not have protections for political affiliation constitutionally so that's why we're seeing all these companies getting away with political discrimination so that's something that we need to be pressing our political figures to change we should have protections based on political affiliation you know then we wouldn't have these instances of of people being thrown out of restaurants or being you know banned from uber or banned from these different big corporations based on their political affiliation I completely agree. Yeah, federally we don't have those protections, but there are some states, and that's where people like like um, you know Infowars, Alex Jones, Laura Luma should focus on because there are states, even my state, that have protections uh, for political discrimination. 
So on a state level, some states actually have that, um, but we don't have it on a federal level. But you know what? Like you said, these uh, establishment, you know, pretend conservatives because they're Republicans. And our president made that distinction at CPAC where he said, I'm not a Republican and I'm not a Democrat. I'm just a conservative. Um, you know, these establishment people are the ones that don't even acknowledge the own base that got them elected. You know, their base that, that wants uh, President Trump, you know. And like I was really upset when I heard that Mark Dice said that he wasn't even invited to CPAC. Like he doesn't go to these things. And it's like, what are you doing? Like he's been around for like forever. Why isn't he considered one of the grassroots movements? They exclude people like they were taking away credentials from Laura at CPAC. You know, they're not letting people in. They're banning people from events. Why are you doing that when that is your base? Well, the establishment Republicans of course, they don't like Mark Dice. He's not one of them. He's not in their club. He's not going to sell out, and he's not going to play by their rules that they want. Remember, it's like there's been some kind of amnesia where people all of a sudden think that just because Trump is now part of the Republican Party and we're helping push and support Trump in a lot of ways because he's not establishment, that somehow now you know the Republican Party is perfect. I'm sorry, but no, the Republican Party during the RNC, there was this big question mark as to whether or not they were going to actually give Trump that nomination that he earned from the American voters. They didn't want to hand it over to him. The Republican establishment media, you know, sorry, but Fox News was very adamantly against Trump during the 2016 presidential campaigns. They were pushing Jeb Bush, Ted Cruz, all these other guys that that take money from lobbyists and that got campaign money from the establishment. Trump did it on his own. He didn't need their money. He couldn't be controlled by them. That's why they didn't like Trump. Same reason for Mark Dice. Mark Dice makes his own money from his viewers. He sells shirts. He, he gets money from YouTube. He does not take establishment money. So if you're not controlled by the establishment, they don't want you part of the club. In fact, they want to steal your audience. They, will will secretly sit there and laugh or be silent about your deplatforming and censorship because they know that then that allows those Trump MAGA people to come into their fold, into their audience, so they can then have that influence over the American people and their votes. Uh, this is all about influencing the American public and, and the power that comes with that And when you work for a media company like I do, like InfoWars, that is self-funded, that Alex Jones, you know, gets his money from his viewers. So the only one that he has to answer to are his viewers. Fox News, well, we know that they get tons of money from Big Pharma. I mean, Mm -hmm. every other ad is a pharmaceutical ad. And yeah, CNN, NBC, all these guys get their, their money from the establishment, the elite donors. And that's why they're establishment controlled. And, you know, we could kind of get into this unilateral attack we saw on Michelle Malcolm at CPAC. Oh, which yes, I please, found, let's do that. Because she, that was a she tell is bold. right there. Yeah, but she is bold. And, you know, and now not only that, but did you see with Judge Janine how Fox came out with an apology for her comments? Like, it's ridiculous, you know, and they think that people will be will have amnesia, that we will fold and just say, OK, Rhino, I'm yours now because, you know, uh, you know, and some people throw fault to President Trump for not pushing on it, too. But, yeah, let's get into that one. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I thought what Michelle did was, was gutsy. She had courage, you know, even now, uh, Fox news came out and did a piece on her. I think it was waters that came out and said she should apologize. And she said, I'm not apologizing for anything I said, because I said what I meant and I meant what I said. And she just kind of stood her ground and some of the names that they were trying to attach to grassroots conservatives. Um, what was that name? It's, it's literally slipped my mind right now. Do you remember what the name that they were calling grassroots conservatives no, at CPAC no, in the mainstream media? No, no. I know what you're talking about. It was really weird too, because I was like, well, where did that come from? Like it was some that? kind of, uh, basically what it meant was that you're a con man, Yeah, that you're a con artist Yeah, and they're attaching. It was like the new deplorable essentially so that they could try to attack these grassroots conservatives that the establishment Republicans felt like weren't going to go along and play along. And one of the things that's interesting is, and why I think Michelle Malcolm was partially being attacked, not just for the things she said about, um, McCain, but, the fact that when CRTV was taken over by the Blaze TV, essentially, M- Michelle Malcolm left. And that was a big tell. And at the same time, Gavin McGinnis was booted from CRTV. And so that acquisition happening with Glenn Beck was a big tell. I mean, Glenn Beck used to work for CNN. I know. And it's there's like, not, there, there's right, not right. much... He, he's a, he's establishment rhino. He's a never Trumper. And so, of course, she leaves. I found that interesting timing. And they're attacking her, calling her a grifter. That's what the word was. So grifter is the new deplorable. It's the word that they're attaching to grassroots conservatives in media that aren't establishment and that aren't going to go along with it. And we've seen the leftist media pundits using this word now and the rhino media pundits using this word you know it's 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 pretty telling right that when you see michelle walking away and i and i talked about it when it happened and then you see these establishment mouthpieces slotted in and propped up on this pedestal and you have to just sit back and think like oh what what's going on here um, they're deplatforming every actual conservative voice. Conservatives that are, you know, like you said, the um, you know rust belt of the Midwest, the blue collar workers, the ones that actually pay taxes. And so it's it's pretty incredible when we see that happen and uh, we see these movements going on. For me, seeing Fox News come out like this, one about Michelle and the other one with uh, Judge Janine now with her comments on Ilhan is pretty telling because now uh, the left has succeeded in what they wanted to do and that's break up President Trump's base because then people have no outlet to go to. So where do they go? They're on the fringe. They have to go and subscribe to separate channels to watch the news. They're forcing us out of the mainstream with that movement, don't you think? Well, yeah. I mean, the alternative media forced the mainstream media to have to start covering certain topics, perspectives, and taking into consideration those blue collar workers of America's opinions and what they wanted, because it was, it was then competition that opened up. And one of the things that, you know, I'm not over inflating InfoWars role in the 2016 election, because I kid you not, I went to Trump's 
rallies all throughout 2016. I can't count how many I went to. I went to Hillary Clinton's rallies and covered her rallies. And one of the things I'll say is that it was as though almost every one third person that left Trump's rallies were wearing some kind of Hillary for prison Infowars shirt or Infowars gear or shouting out Infowars. We love you guys. We love Alex Jones. We love what you guys are doing. You know, you saw these big chants starting up, lock her up, Hillary for prison in these rallies. Those were massive campaigns that Alex Jones put on. Uh, You know, he sold so many of those Hillary for prison shirts. It was insane. During the RNC, he flew big blimps and floats and all these advertisement banners all over Cleveland for Hillary for prison. So what it boils down to is that alternative media began to have way too much influence on Americans' minds and voters. Before, it was always just television and, or radio, but mostly television media that influenced people's ability to pick who they were going to vote for. And that allowed for the Republican Party and the Democrat Party to have this stronghold on which candidates were going to be picked. So you always had this, this false left-right paradigm where It's just the left foot and the right foot of the same ugly monster. And nobody ever pans up to see that it's connected. And that's what you saw with the Bushes and with the Clintons and how, you know, you're not really getting too much different. And one of the things that's interesting here in how media in the same way, the left establishment media and the right establishment media are the same in that they're the left foot and the right foot of the same ugly beast is Oliver Darcy, who's this main a uh, reporter for CNN, he's one of their big honchos over there who's advocating and pushing for Alex Jones to be banned on Twitter. Oliver Darcy formerly worked at The Blaze, okay? He formerly also worked at Campus Reform. And those are all, those are conservative media companies, right? Especially The Blaze, we know, is conservative. Glenn Beck worked at CNN. You know, Megyn Kelly... We know she worked at Fox. We know she also worked at NBC. I mean, the way you can tell establishment is these pundits just hop back and forth between right-leaning and left-leaning news sites. I mean, I know both of these mainstream media outlets would like to tell you or like you to believe they're not biased, but I'm sorry. We all know that's a load of you-know-what. We know they're biased, okay? And to actually try to say you don't have a bias is deceptive. Because we know you do. We know the mainstream media does. It's very clear. So before we we go to this break, I want us to just recap. The the thing that we need to focus on is that they've been infiltrating our movement for a very long time. And it's kind of like those movies you watch where they bring the criminal from prison to be able to help fight the, you know, what they are fighting for. You know, the specialists, like the serial killer to find other serial killers. So this is probably one tactic. So after this short break, I want us to revisit, like, the tactics that they use to deplatform us and silence us. Uh, We'll all see you all in a few. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, 
go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for MyPillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back to the Tori Sess Show. I'm your host, Tori. And with us today, we have Millie Weaver from InfoWars. And Millie, just before the break, we were talking about how all these um, people who are lobbying and perpetuating the notions of silencing prominent grassroots conservative persons off social media off anything and you know kind of it's like an unspoken law of not to even mention some names on air uh were previously within conservative organizations and you know it kind of seems like that was the whole plan this infiltration by you know going to the person that had the best price to come and kind of help with that what do you think Well, definitely. There's definitely a movement and push to try to infiltrate the conservative movement. And that brings me to one of the latest stories that came out that I really wanted to kind of touch on here is that leaked audio came out of Google's senior director, Adam Kovovich, 
talking about how he planned to essentially steer the conservative movement in and direct it. And this is how he did it. He sponsored uh, CPAC. So he had Google sponsor CPAC and this audio came out talking essentially it's internal audio that a Google employee leaked, which you can overhear Google's senior director talking about how their goal and agenda is to steer the conservative movement. Essentially, uh, how are they going to do that? That's the next question you have to ask. How could the establishment reel in the conservative movement? And when you have to think about establishment, think about establishment is kind of on the left, kind of on the right. At the the same time, um, they're going to use the left and the right establishment media for their own agenda. Same with left and right politicians for their own agenda that are establishment. So how are they going to do that? We could talk about the tactics they use. And one of the things that we could touch on is an example of how they like to stage these, these protests and these street incidences where you have almost like what I would describe as a renaissance fair play being enacted in front of leftist controlled and right controlled media outlets where they report on what's happening and steer an agenda like we saw with Charlottesville. I was there. Yeah, we should we should talk about that because see a lot of people don't seem to understand how orchestrated these things are, how they stage things to happen and they infiltrate. You know, they try to get it set up. Uh, like even um, when President Trump was in Fargo, I was the one that kind of tried to get the message through because there was a bunch of people that had come in from Minnesota, Wisconsin, and other you know DSA deeply embedded democratic socialists of America areas where they went to the front of the line, hoping to get in first. And it was a lot of them hoping that once they closed the doors, they could stage like a huge, you know, walk out or instigate things like they literally try to entrap and create these visions of conservatives that aren't really true. They want to paint you as a racist, a xenophobe. And, and it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. And I'd like you to tell people what you saw in Charlottesville. Well, what I saw in Charlottesville was bizarre, first of all. It, it was truly bizarre. You had all of these groups on the left that your typical Black Lives Matter, Occupy Democracy groups, where I have been around to a lot of different protests. It's what I do. I go cover protests and events that happen. And so I I started recognizing people that I've seen at all these other protests, like the RNC, the DNC, different protests across the country. And they're always the same people and the same leaders and figureheads. And I'm like, this is really bizarre. Hey, so-and-so, hey, so-and-so, like I met you, I interviewed you, you know, because when I'm at these protests, I go see who's the leader and I try to interview them because usually they're going to be the most outspoken. So I'm recognizing all these people that all it was like a who's who of protest organization and activism. And at the same time, you had all these bizarre operative looking people just lurking around and where I'm sitting there and I'm talking to my crew with me. I'm like, some of these people look like some kind of intelligence agents kind of watching and, and being like handlers for this whole situation. We also saw on the right hand side, a bunch of 
extremist groups. We saw David Duke, who, you know, I'm sorry, but the guy is, if he's not an FBI informant or some kind of operative, I don't know. I don't know what. Okay. But it's like controlled opposition groups, all dressed in their little uniforms. And I noticed a couple of the young guys who just so happened to try to run in front of leftist media cameras and do sig hails and say racist things. Those guys, I recognized one of them specifically, even I recognized from an event in Austin, Texas at a protest where he decided at that protest to go stand right next to the guys wearing Trump hats and with just Trump flags, go stand right next to them and start doing a sig hail and throwing up Nazi salutes and saying racist stuff. And I remember him because I talked to him at that protest and I said, hey, you need to stop this. Why are you coming in and standing next to this group here and making them look like a bunch of racists? Get out of here. What are you? You know? So then when I see him there leading the charge at Charlottesville, I knew exactly what he was. And I'll tell you, when I said this is, was a deep state operation, I called it out right after this whole thing went down. So this is a deep state operation. It was a deep state operation. The whole thing was a big setup. They had all the leftist media there. They had some establishment right-wing media, but mostly leftist media there. Um, I was there for InfoWars, and my main reason for going there was I was following the, the news stories and seeing that all this big hype was being made up out of Charlottesville. And I'm like, all right, I, I'm a couple-hour drive away. I'll drive down there, and I'll cover it. You know, it was something for me to cover. But I'll tell you, the clash that happened, the violence, all of the police were standing there on the outskirts just watching the entire thing happen. I went up to the police who were in sheriff's uniforms, okay, because there were several groups. I mean, there were police in sheriff's uniforms. There were police in riot gear. Uh, there, were, there, were, there were state troopers. I mean, there was everything just standing there watching it all. And I said, why aren't you doing something? Why aren't you coming and keeping the peace? They said, we can't. We've been given stand-down orders. And I was one of the first people to break that and, and come out with that, that report that it was stand-down orders. That's why the violence happened. And then sure enough, it came out, was revealed by the mayor and everyone else that, yes, they had given stand-down orders to allow chaos to ensue, essentially. And then it wasn't until later that the, the police rolled in. And what I will say is this, when Trump, which was very controversial at the time, Trump came out and said, there were bad people on the right and the left. And that was true. That was very true. And what I will say is that the majority of the violence, though, was actually coming from the left. It was coming from a group called Antifa and the Black Bloc that were there. And Antifa came with coolers filled with water balloons, filled with urine and feces and chemicals that they were launching at people. They came with pepper spray, bats. tasers, batons. I mean, yeah, bats with spikes. I saw that. And I was thinking, what kind of And they of were literally mayor? shooting the, the, the water balloons filled with urine and feces into the crowd, at just the people standing around the statue. Because that's what this was all about. It was the right-wing groups that were all standing around this statue, essentially trying to protest the removal of the statue. And yes, you did have some extremists 
groups that were there that were racial and extremists that did go there. But there were some just regular Trump supporters and regular people kind of standing there, I think, out of curiosity. And then you had the leftist, you know, all their little activist groups, the, you know, Democracy Now! and Antifa. And Antifa was the main violent one, though. And it was bad. The violence that was happening was ugly. I don't, you know, it was bizarre guys running around with shields that had been painted and sticks and just walloping each other. But at the same time, to see the police just standing there watching it laughing, it was, you know, it, it was bad. But, and But it makes you think the mayor saw these people coming out with you know, bats that had nails and, you know, all this riot gear that are supposedly protesting. Like, as a mayor, aren't you going to keep your city safe? Like, that's your job. How do you give a stand-down order? The minute you see them attacking other citizens, no matter what it is, I mean, you get arrested if you have a punch-out fight outside your uh, outside of a bar with your friend when you're drunk. You're not going to step in and arrest people for whacking people with bats or throwing urine and feces. And, I mean, that was incredible for me, the fact that the mayor was like, yeah, you know, we didn't want to get involved. Uh, when you see people coming out with weapons – and harming people, I, I think it's your job to do it. So they allowed it to perpetuate. It's the same thing we thought we saw with the Dakota Access Pipeline, which, by the way, you know that Nathan Phillips guy with the Covington boys? He was there, and he's also part of that Butterfly Sanctuary, too. I mean, they're all very well organized. They're paid organizations. And these groups came from a bunch of buses like a field trip. I mean – Tell me that's not bizarre, that these groups, a bunch of them all came off on buses together. They all got, you know, hotels together and Airbnbs like it was a field trip for them. And who's orchestrating all this? Who's paying for it? Okay, who's paying for all these groups to take, you know, airplane flights and bus trips to all come like a big field trip so they could all put on this big renaissance parade fight in the middle of the city so that the mayor can intentionally tell the police to stand down to let all this violence ensue so that then the media outlets could be there all to capture it while you've got all these deep state operatives standing around telling people what to do and and you know handling the situation making sure to get the right staged photographs for the leftist media so that then they could run big hit piece stories and say how horrible of a president trump is that civil unrest is ensuing in the streets and he's not doing a good job as a president so that then when he gets the true story that, yeah, there, there was violence on both sides, he comes out and says that because there was, they can try to demonize him for it and say he's defending uh, racists and defending David Duke, defending the KKK. I mean, it was all as though the whole thing was orchestrated. And one thing I will say is this, the police there had made no attempts to stop the fighting. In fact, finally, when the police were mobilized, you know what they did? They told all of the people standing on the the right wing side who were kind of in a barricaded caged area. They had cages all along their backside. They had Antifa at their front side. The police then told them, all right, you all need to move and walk through the leftist protesters that were violently attacking. I remember that. So, So they pushed them into the leftist and made them walk through it so that more fighting and violence could ensue. And they told him if they didn't walk through the the crowd of violence, that they would be arrested. So they were literally forced. And I remember because I happened to be standing 
at the time on that side because I was doing interviews and also because Antifa had just pepper sprayed my cameraman. So he was with me on that side. Um, I asked the police because I was scared for my safety. I said, can we just walk over this fence here and exit out your direction away from the violence and away from the Antifa and the leftist protesters? And they said, no, we'll arrest you. You have to walk through the protesters. That's, I mean, that's, that's incredible to think just how orchestrated it is. And you know what? what's horrible is that the real news, these stories, were never told you know, from the people. Um, I wanted to say, you know, we've seen these uh, orchestrated Antifa, Black Lives Matter movements, and we're seeing a rise in these uh, fake hate crime hoaxes. I mean, where does it end? I mean, they've used every single nefarious card they can. Like, where does it end? Where do you well, see it I'll end? tell you, I'll tell you things are going to get a lot worse if we still see more and more people being deplatformed and banned on social media because, you know, even the fact that I was there at Charlottesville and I was able to live stream it and get video footage that evidenced what was happening. And, you know, even just my testimony of being there and seeing what I saw changing the narrative that the mainstream media was trying to run. Um, what happens is the mainstream media will push with the narrative really, really hard, a narrative. And then, people that were there having video camera footage or whatever can dismantle their agenda and their narrative. And if we all start getting deplatformed, it's going to be very hard for us to combat these hoaxes and narratives that the mainstream media set. For example, they all pushed really hard on this Covington high school story that this was a bunch of racist white kids in MAGA hats attacking a native American. And the way that these guys were essentially vindicated was that video footage out on the internet essentially showed that that's not what happened and who uploaded the video footage. It was just regular you know, Americans, people who were there acting as citizen journalists or just, you know, live streaming to show what's happening. But what happens when we get more and more censorship and those videos can be instantly pulled or removed or those people's accounts can be banned for hate speech or whatever little technicality these big tech companies try to throw out? Well, then you don't have things like people being vindicated. You don't have things like the truth coming out. You just have the mainstream media's narrative and the story that they want to push for their own agenda. And whoever's paying for that agenda. It's just propaganda in an echo chamber. And at some point, if someone repeats something enough more often, it's just going to become reality for you. And, 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 that's, and that's their idea. Millie, I just can't believe this hour has gone so fast. We only have like seven minutes left. Can you believe that? Um, I can't believe it. Um, the, the thing that I'm, you know, obviously we're trying to cut through the noise and I've been saying it to anyone that listens to my show, that it's important that they don't just sit there and retweet things, but put out their opinion and flood social media with, um, you know, commentary that people should be getting out and doing things. I mean, how would you instruct, uh, you know, someone that's listening now who's fed up, like what can they do to be part of it? How can they help stop this bias? 
bias. Stop this, you know, control. I mean, these people are sick. All they do is control narratives. How would you tell people like, hey, this is how, you know, we should organize? Because, I, I, you know, uniting is is important because what they're trying to do is, is fracture, you know, um, President Trump's base. Well, this is what I would say. I would say to the person listening right now, you are Millie Weaver. You are Laura Loomer. You are Mark Dice. You are whatever you put your mind to. And the only reason why we are even names that you know about or might not, but that you probably know about is just because we took the initiative to just go do it. And if we don't have more people like you guys listening out there, getting out and doing the work, fighting for your country, fighting against the censorship, fighting to defend the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, you know, just our liberties in this country, we are not going to have them anymore because there's no rest for the wicked. These globalists, these elitists, they are not going to stop pushing and doing what they're doing because they have tons of money, tons of financing to pay you know, pundits like Brian Stelter to go up there and push their agenda, which by the way, I did confront Brian Stelter recently and it is pretty hilarious. I confronted him for his fake news. So you can find that on my YouTube channel, Millennial Millie on YouTube. So if you want to watch that, go see it. But basically the, the main message here is go create a YouTube, go create a social media platform because we need backup. We need more, you know, boots on the ground out there going to these events, capturing the footage, putting it up, and essentially uh, showing the true story what's happening because we know we're not going to be getting it from the mainstream media. Yeah, and now Fox is dwindling away. I mean, they're throwing out apologies for comments. They're censoring things. And, you know, there's a full-fledged attack on Tucker Carlson. Did you see that one, pulling a comment that he made? And I love him even more for using the C word 13 years ago. I mean, that's fine. But why why do this? Why they're trying to discredit, make everyone who speaks against what they say look crazy because that's how they win over by saying, look at us. We're professional. We have this, you know, studio. We have money. You must listen to us. Don't listen to that person putting up a video on their Facebook or that person tweeting out on Twitter. Look at us. Look at Alex Jones. Everyone banned him because he's bad. Look at InfoWars. Bad. Laura Loomer. Bad. Milo Yiannopoulos. Bad. How is everyone so bad and they're just good? They're the ones pointing out who's bad. It's, this is like thought police on steroids. And like you said, people need to be out there. People need need to be more vocal because when they realize just how important every single voice is, um, it's incredible. And, you know, uh, a listener of mine had said he had seen uh, from an old, you know, Twitter thing I had uh, my pin post, which was a, something my father told me. He said, um, you could do anything you want in the world because the difference between a cup overflowing is just one drop. So if we all as drops get into that cup, we can overflow our message and cut through the noise, I think. Um, so, to, uh, so what is, um, I just wanted in these last like few minutes, two minutes that we have, I just wanted to say like, um, you know, how is, how is InfoWars dealing with this? I mean, they're still doing great. You guys are my competition, I guess, on the radio because I'm at the same time where Alex is on, but there's really no competition because we all share the same message. I, I like to put that out there, but, um, you know, how is he, um, dealing with all of the censorship from website hosting to avenues? I mean, how's he dealing? With well, that? well, right now, what we're trying to do is we're trying to innovate and we're trying to think of ways that we can get around the censorship, but also think of ways that we can create our own 
platforms, our own electronics devices, and our own vehicles for sharing the messages. And like you said, uh, this really isn't about uh, competition because Alex Jones is constantly pushing out and sharing other people and other names and other voices because we know that the main thing here is that if we don't band together and all fight against the enemy, we are not going to have a country anymore. We're not going to have our liberties. None of us will be safe. We won't be able to have free speech anymore. It's crazy that we see, we've seen such an attack on the second amendment. I know that during Obama's terms, he was constantly doing things to try to come out against the second amendment and pushing for gun control. And we always said at that time, he wasn't pushing for any restraints on free speech. And we didn't see that on social media either at that time, but Alex Jones was warning everyone, Hey, you know, they're only coming for our guns now because they want our speech next. And they know they're not going to try to take our speech if they don't have our guns yet. You know, so I feel like now what we're seeing is a unilateral attack on our guns and our speech at the same time. And trust me, if we don't have our guns, we definitely won't have our speech. Our speech is already being limited and we're seeing these, the censorship and banning happen. And it's so that they can essentially have the monopoly on the 2020 election. I I truly believe that the establishment is gearing up so that we will essentially be banned right before the 2020 election at strategic timing so that the grassroots conservatives won't be able to dismantle the fake news and fight back against the hit pieces against Trump or whoever the, the Republican frontrunner is so that they can then at the last minute, boom, take away free speech, get in who they want, and then we will have to take it up with whoever the Democrat president is after they've been elected. So this is why we have to start fighting now and do the groundwork now. And we need more people like you, the listeners out there, to step up and step up to the plate. Exactly. And everyone, you know, 2020 is closer than we think. And banding together and unifying our voices, we can cut through the noise. Millie Weaver, thank you so much for being on the Tory Says Show. Remember, everyone, you can follow her on Twitter on Millie underscore Weaver. Um, and your webpage is Millennial Millie. It's yeah, YouTube, you can find me, Millennial Millie. Excellent. And thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to have you on again at some point. And, um, you know, I'm so grateful for you coming on today. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. Have a lovely evening, and God bless from all of us here at Red State. 